This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. I am Dave Bryan from SteelersDepot.com. It is Sunday, August the 13th. It is approximately 7.15 on the East Coast. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers wrapped up their 13th training camp practice of 2023 earlier in the day. Uh, This is our 12th special edition of the Terrible Podcast. And joining me once again, as usual, to discuss what he observed Back out there at St. Vincent College in La Trobe on Sunday afternoon is Alex Kazora. Alex, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I, feel, I don't even know what day it is. It does not feel like a <laughs> Sunday, but a couple more practices left. Off day Monday, then Tuesday, Wednesday, and an early morning practice on Thursday to close out camp. It has really, really flown on by, Dave. Yeah, uh, we're getting toward the end of this, and obviously coming off of the first preseason game on Friday night, the team uh, had Saturday off back at it on Sunday, and they're back in pads, but we'll start getting into the nitty-gritty in just a little bit, uh, as we do at the top of uh, every special edition of the Terrible Podcast here for training camp. Uh, we like to shout out our, our sponsor, and that's uh, Lynn Testa and the fine folks at Touring Plans. Right, Alex? Absolutely, Dave. Yeah, Lentesta touring plans have been very good to the site, very good to our training camp coverage um, for many, many years. Now I've lost count of the number of years that touring plans has sponsored our Steelers Depot training camp coverage, but we thank them as always. If you got family with a, a little, you know trip plan to Disney later this year around the holidays, I've seen that quite a bit in my friend group. You should hit up touring plans and kind of schedule things and be able to have the best experience possible to Disney through touring plans. You can use their trip planner tool to show you the least crowded park to visit every day. Customize touring plans for Disney's best rides, honest restaurant reviews, how to save on Disney tickets, the best hotel rooms to ask for, and so much more. You can go to the website touringplans.com. Their Twitter account is also touring plans. We thank them and Lentesta for their continued support of our Steelers Depot training camp coverage. Absolutely, we do. Thanks, Len. Uh, All right. Uh, We got some housekeeping to take care of. Uh, Mix in a couple of uh, previous injuries, along with a couple of new injuries, along with a transaction on top of it. Yeah, a ton to talk about. And frankly, that first practice after the preseason game, I I know that people probably care a little bit less about player performance because they've already seen these guys with their own two eyes. And so the injury aspect kind of becomes the dominating discussion point probably for these next couple of days. So yeah, from a housekeeping standpoint, player sign that is forced Ryan, the linebacker, he wears number 46. He jumped in the team period right away. He will replace the injured Chappelle Russell waved injured with a knee injury sustained. I think on special teams in that Friday opener, 
not practicing today for the Steelers included Trey Norwood, Keanu Benton, Nick Witowski, Duke Dawson, Cam Hayward, and Larry Ogunjobi. Limited today through individual periods only. Keanu Neal, John Lovett is sort of kind of back. He was not in pads, but did uh, some light work in individual session. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. was in full pads, but he did not work in team. And let's see, returning to practice. I don't know if anyone super notable there besides DeMonte Casey. He was full. That's good for him. Injured during practice per Mike Tomlin was Nate Herbig with a shoulder. I noticed Isaiah Dunn had an ice pack on his right knee. Toby and Duque hurt his wrist late in the day. Am I missing anything here? Important day. Did you uh, did you hit Trey Norwood? Uh, not I did. Working? Yeah, I mentioned. Okay. Yeah, he was doing some light jogging. He's slowly working his way back. And, and what is it? What's Neil up to doing now? Uh, he's individual. He's in pads. He's just not in team. So he's where Casey was, you know, last week. And so oh. Neil should be back, I think, before camp breaks. All right. Did you see anything when it came to Herbig and how he got uh, uh, hurt there? I did not. I apologize. I missed it. So I'm just going off of what Tomlin had to say. Shoulder being evaluated. That could mean a million, a million different things. But if Herbig is going to miss some time, they only have 14 offensive linemen. As I've said many times, they're probably going to have to bring somebody in if Herbig is not going to be able to go these next couple of days. And then Larry Ogunjobi has a boot on that right foot. Yeah, I guess I I looked for Ogunjobi. I didn't see him. Evidently, he was out there. Now, the boot can mean nothing. It can mean something more serious. Casey was in a boot to start training camp, and he came back within a week and a half, two weeks. So we'll wait and see. I think Tomlin said that Cam Hayward was sick today. I did not see uh, Hayward out there on the field. Should note on uh, Kwiatkowski, I've heard that the shoulder injury is not serious. He should only be out a couple of days. Benton, I think, is going to be just okay. A minor ankle sprain, it appears. And I know that Duke Dawson had a pretty serious-looking injury in that game. He seems to have uh, avoided a worst-case scenario. He was walking around fine. He had one of those exercise stretch bands on his legs. I don't see anything that indicates this is a Corey Trey situation. I want to be careful not to try to diagnose him afar, but I'm not seeing any sort of signs that indicate he's going to be out for uh, the season type of thing where he's going to go on IR tomorrow. All right. Well, well, uh, hopefully you are correct there. And, you know, one last thing on Larry Ogunjobi, the, the thing that immediately ran through my mind, and I'm not pushing the panic button here because that could be absolutely anything, but that is the right foot that he had uh, uh, surgery on. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that was the first thing that jumped through my mind that I went and double checked was which, which foot was it at the end of the 2021 <laughs> season uh, with him, but uh, hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully he just twisted something and, and, you know, they'll probably take it easy on him this week. Obviously there's a game on Saturday this far out. I'm kind of wondering if he will play in that game, but uh, time, time will tell and we'll, we'll, we'll see what uh, uh, the rest of the week shakes out from an injury standpoint there. All right, uh, now that we got all the loose ends uh, tied up, oh, and, and the thing about Chappelle, too, uh, uh, he'll, he should clear waivers and go straight to IR. And if, they, if indeed that's a long-term knee injury, then he's probably going to be on IR for a while on a, on a split salary there. All right, uh, let's, let's, let's get to uh, practice here, and let's, you know, look, uh, Kenny Pickett coming off of that good uh, preseason game on Friday night. Let's, uh, let's start at the quarterback position and what you saw today. I think one thing that jumped out to me uh, – today is you saying that uh, good back shoulder throw uh to, i think to deontay johnson mm-hmm. uh during his practice so why don't you ex- uh, tell us a little bit about that and expand a little bit more on on pickett and company 
he loves that back shoulder throw. It was later in team period, the third or fourth session, right shoulder. I think it was Peterson covering. It was a low throw, but really perfectly placed. And Johnson went down and grabbed it and got both feet in bounds before falling and rolling out of bounds. So I've seen that back shoulder throw a ton from Pickett, especially since about last week to Robinson, to, of course, George Pickens, to Deontay Johnson. It is just so hard to stop as a DB. There's really not much you can do because you're just defending the nine route. They throw back shoulder, going to be late finding the football. It's just, it's a very difficult you know play if it's thrown well, and Pickett throws it exceptionally well. Seven shots was tough for Pickett in the offense initially. Pickett started 0 for 3. Not any miserable throws, just some throws that were just off target and obviously uh, just could not put the ball in the end zone. So overall, I think Pickett's day was fine. Probably started worse than how it ended. He ended things with a two-minute drill touchdown. Uh, to Allen Robinson, who made a fantastic grab down the seam. He's going to do that a lot this year. So better end to how it began to Kenny Pickett, but overall a fine day. All right, what about the other two? Trubisky, similar story. Uh, He was more successful in seven shots. He also led a touchdown drive in the two-minute session. There were a couple of bad reps that he had in between. There was... It was a nice play by James Pierre, maybe a bit late of a throw from Trubisky to Calvin Austin that got picked off. And then the throw right after that, either Trubisky didn't see Jalen Elliott or just thought he could try to fit the ball in there. And Elliott came in and almost picked it off and had a pretty, pretty big collision on Hayward and broke the pass up. So uh, I would say that for him, um, you know, again, better end than how it began. Mason Rudolph, a, a fine day, continues to show that arm at a great downfield 31 yard throw to Cody White down the left sideline on, I think it was on actually James Pierre on that play. No, it was on, on Elijah Riley. So uh, Rudolph, that deep ball, that's his best asset. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll move on to how about the running backs there? Yeah, still not a ton to note overall. Some successful screens. One to Jalen Warren, a couple of good blockers out in space beating the blitz, but that was Warren just kind of more of a scheme thing than a, than a Jalen Warren type thing. I'm seeing Connor Hayward continue to get reps ahead of Greg Bell and Darius Hagens. Hayward got two true running back carries today in that run period, that second team session ahead of Bell, ahead of Hagens. And so I really could see, Dave, especially if injuries do occur, where Hayward's going to come in and play some running backs and maybe mm-hmm. third down situation because um, he's got some size. He can catch. He can run routes out of the backfield, be a pass protector. And, and that's an area where McFarland might still struggle in pass protection. So um, I, des- I think you're going to see Hayward you know, even expand that versatility this year and include some running back duties in his arsenal. One thing that has popped in my mind the last couple of days uh, is – uh, and look, I mean, uh, with good reason, Anthony McFarland, you know, the talk of camp and, you know, obviously had a uh, ha- had a good preseason game the other day. But, you know, what if he can't get in on special teams, uh, get himself on at least one unit? The thought crossed my head, uh, my mind about uh, is there a possibility that they kept, uh, you know, the, 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 the three tight ends, Firemuth, uh, uh, Gentry, Washington, and obviously in, in addition to Hayward, and then Hayward serve as uh, an emergency uh, third back. So you're saying keep just two true running backs, and right. Hayward be the third, right? What 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 you know if if indeed McFarland doesn't get that spot because it doesn't feel like anybody else on the roster mm-hmm. uh, besides McFarland has a shot. Now they could obviously go outside the organization uh, here, but. Uh, uh, if McFarland's not that guy and they don't go outside, <laughs> could they get away with just Hayward in that role? I mean, he, he had a, a decent share of carries at uh, Michigan State, you know? Sure. 
Yeah, he was kind of the guy until Kenneth Walker transferred over from from Wake Forest. I, I've had that thought as well. I can't rule that out. I just think it's maybe a little too short where you might be more limited, where if you lose a running back and you felt like Hayward had to play more running back, maybe you can't do some of the stuff with him that you would normally like to. Like I said, I mean, I, I think Hayward will see some time back there, but I think Pittsburgh would like to like to do it on their own terms as opposed to having that gotcha. emergency situation. So I'm not going to rule it out. And I, again, I, 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 I think I'm growing on the idea of Hayward seeing some backfield action. I just don't know if they're going to go two true running backs and uh, Connor Haywood as that third string guy. All right, and a little bit more fullback uh, work uh, for for Kendrick Green after <laughs> the biggest surprise coming out. One of the bigger surprises, mm-hmm. maybe coming out of the game on Friday night, was the was the actual fact that he didn't play any fullback. Now, how many offensive snaps did he play? I mean, he played a fair amount in this sure. game. So, I mean, obviously he, when he's playing, uh, but he was out of that out of the game for sure. a little bit as well too. Now he did came back come back in as part of I think that final offensive line combination. Uh, overall, but he logged how many snaps did he log in that in that game? Uh, let me see if I can thirty find something. I'm 27, guessing twenty seven. Yeah, five, I mean, I, and five on special teams. Yeah, that was all the uh, field goal protect team. I mean, yeah, I, I was surprised too, and I plan on writing something to that effect. I think Pittsburgh needs to play how they practice. If you're going to do it in practice and dedicate the time, let's at least see it in a game. Not saying you have to be married to it, but go out there and and test it out. Same with the pony stuff that they do. Uh, but yeah, Green actually was not part of the individual period with the running backs today. All last week, he would go with those guys early in drills and then make his way over to the offensive linemen today. He was just with the O-line the entire time, but still got some fullback action, caught a pass, had a stiff arm on James Pierre. It was a good play by him. So stay tuned. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, at center um, issues there in game. Clearly, I thought he actually had a decent day in terms of his uh, O-line D-line work in, in 1v1s at center. So that was in a small, very small, but encouraging step. But we'll see if fullback ever happens in, inside a game. All right, let's uh, you know, let's let's stick with the offensive line and, and 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 go there next. And he was the second team center, was he not? He was, but I do want to just kind of caution. He kind of, in, in some situations, almost has to be because he hasn't gotten work at guard. And so if if, if he if Herbig was always second team center, then you're kind of running out of guards right now to to put in there. Um, I don't know if Herbig, I think Herbig got some center work. I know McCollum got some center work as well. And then obviously Herbig went down with the shoulder. So we'll keep an eye on that. I, I, I don't want to uh, fear monger, but man, if Herbig's going to miss some time, <laughs> then this team might be in some trouble. They're going to have to go looking for some offensive linemen. I tell you, I still, and I've, uh, people are tired of me talking about it. I, Gonna be. I looked over at PFF uh, today at all the centers, look at some of the backup centers and and the grades to maybe uh, keep in the back of my mind these next couple weeks. I have to go look at a couple of preseason games or something like that. Uh, I still wonder if that that ends up being the direction that they go to find them a backup center. And yeah, I thought Herbig overall. You know, I, I thought he did okay at center. Look, I I didn't think really anybody on the offensive line in that game Friday night just left my 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 mouth dropped to the floor as far as positive play I mean, I thought I thought there was mm-hmm. a lot of consistent play uh uh you know o- 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 overall I thought that cook over I thought that cook represented yeah. himself uh a lot better than you know by watching the all 22 than than I remember uh uh watching the TV tape so I thought he represented himself really well and I think and I was talking on the podcast the other day I said don't be surprised that Jaquama Corfo was the high, uh, lowest uh, rated mm-hmm. uh, uh starter of the bunch now obviously they only played 
played the one series at all, but indeed that was the case. He had the, uh, and people say, why do you quote PFF? I mean, it's just, it's just something to look at to see if kind of, uh, it matches, you know, some of the stuff that you see on tape. Uh, I take PFF for what it is, but you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of good on PFF as well, too. I was just curious how the grades were going to come out the way that TV tape was in my head and ended up being exactly the way, the way I thought it would. All right, Rob, walk us through, uh, the rest of the offensive line. Yeah, well, I was going to mention Dylan Cook, and it's funny you say that. I put in my notes before we, we jumped on here. I, I might do a film room on Dylan Cook because I thought he had a good game and I thought he had a good practice today. Um, some of the 1v1 situations, even against, I think it was Herbig, um, but also someone, Toby and Dukeway, just the size, the patience he has, the length that he possesses, and just some of the more nuanced you know, handwork in terms of flashing a dead hand to get guys to try to bite and snatch and trap on in Duke way to put him in the ground. So I think Dylan Cook is a serious practice squad option at offensive tackle. There might be something there a bit longer term with him, but just overall some really good battles with, with um, Nick Herbig and Broderick Jones and Spencer Anderson, Jones Anderson, their athleticism jumps off at you, their, their quickness of their feet and how quickly they can seal the edge and, and, and steer guys up field, uh, up field. I think that Herbeck had a couple of wins, had a really good cross chop on, on Broderick Jones, but just kind of seeing the athletic makeup of those two guys, Jones and Anderson um, has been fun to watch Anderson getting left tackle and left guard work today, sometimes in the same period where he gets you know, one snap at left tackle next snap at left guard. I want to see this guy get some center reps. I, I think maybe if Herbeck misses time, they're going to, the door's going to open for Anderson to get some center work. I don't know how well he's going to do it. A rookie in the middle is asking quite a bit, but mm-hmm. I think it's time to give Anderson some some look in the middle. And Matt Canada was asked about that earlier in the day and, and, and said, in, in effect, that they haven't gotten to that yet and don't know if they will get to that. But as you just said, if Harbig is going to miss some time, it'd be the and right ahead of this second preseason game, it, it would be this the rest of this week would be an opportune time to get him in there to see uh, some some snaps at training camp and then you know let him play a couple of series in the game later on. Uh, 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 possibly so. And you said he mostly worked at left tackle and left guard, uh, today. Yeah, maybe entirely there. And, and wow. again, sometimes it'd be like you know one snap he'd come in at left tackle, the next snap they kick him to left guard. So he was working, he was interchanging between those spots today. But I mean, you know, if Herbig misses, I mean, you could go. You have enough centers where you don't have to put Anderson there. You can go Cole, Green, and McCollum. But I really want to see Anderson. He's played everything else but center so far. I think he needs some time in the middle. And in the game the other night, he played right tackle, right guard, and left guard uh, in that game. And but they they really moved. They used eight eight different combinations in that thing. And I think Dylan Cook was the only only player to play both both tackle spots. If 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 I think if my notes are correct on that uh, there. So uh, uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they roll the lines out in this second pre because you know you only got three preseason games here mm-hmm. and you know snaps dwindle in a hurry because you got to get your starters working all like that. So it will be interesting to see how they roll out uh, 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 these lines in the second preseason game and 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 if you know what you're saying about uh, Anderson, I mean we might see Anderson get some left tackle snaps in this game. Sure. He's worked it, you know, pretty hard during camp. I mean, he opened camp as the right tackle, but played a lot of left tackle last week as they start to to move these guys around, play there today. So I'm sure at some point Anderson will see his left tackle work. Tell me real quick about that battle between uh 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 Broderick Jones and, and Nick Herbig. 
Yeah, there were some really good 1v1 reps. If I can pull up my uh, my notes here to kind of take you through a couple of them. Um, it those was, those it was... two also are, I, I guess, roommates uh, as well, too. So oh, yeah. uh, they, 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 you know, they, I think uh, Jones talked about that after practice as well, too. So uh, they, they study, they study the reps that they have each, uh, against each other uh, later in the evening, you know, in, 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 in the dorm there and all like that. But it, it looks like the, both guys are highly competitive and really enjoy going up against each other. Yeah, and that was evident today. Just some of my smattering of notes here in the 1v1 O-line, D-line. Uh, Jones, I have winning one. Initial punch a, a bit wide, but able to steal uh, steer uh, Herbig inside a little bit later in the uh, rep there. Another steal of Herbig upfield. Uh, last rep, Herbig was able to swim and shed Roderick Jones. I think that Herbig got him, like I mentioned earlier, on a cross chop somewhere in my notes. So, Good battles between all those guys today. It was uh, Jones, Anderson, and Herbig, really the most eventful names in that O-line, D-line drill. And again, I thought Dylan Cook uh, handled himself pretty well. All right. uh, For time purposes, let's wrap uh, the wide receiver and tight end groups uh, into one here. Yeah, I don't have a lot on tight ends. Don't know Washington. That that, that touchdown end practice got wide open over the middle. I don't know how you forget about the the (laughs) 6'7", 270 guy, but he got wide open there and uh, had a touchdown, I think, also in seven shots, I want to say. Let me double-check my notes here. I believe that Washington uh, did have that. Maybe maybe it was Des Fitzpatrick. I'm not 100% sure. Um, Wide receivers, Allen Robinson, great catch in in that two-minute drill um, over the middle, caught the ball off the ground, you know, before it hit the ground, basically off the ground, but but it was a good catch. And so Robinson making those tough catches between the numbers, that's been his MO the entire training camp. And it was the Gunnar Olszewski show in that two-minute drill. I think Trubisky hit him for all but one or two of his completions on their scoring drive. And so Olszewski, the occasional drop, had one hit him in the chest over the middle today that happened on Friday Night Lights as well, but... Uh, when he's not having the occasional clank, he's he's a, he's a really good practice star. I think you uh, noted a uh, Austin uh, jet sweep today, at least one of them. Yep, twenty-one yards right sideline. That speed is real. Um, get him out there in space. I want you know watching back the all twenty-two. I know we'll talk about that more tomorrow on the Monday podcast. But that jet run, the, if the defense doesn't shift and flow with Austin, and he has a step to the edge, he's going to win that step to the edge. And so you know, seventeen yards in that game and then another six yarder and then 21 yards today uh that that is a real threat off the edge you know if you can use that early in the game and have success on it and 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 get teams to say mm-hmm. hey, you you better not come crashing down yeah you know you can widen you can widen the front a little bit uh oh, on yeah. teams mess with their eyes 100 that, that way and, and if you widen that front uh on them then that's going to uh, present some running opportunities, you know, uh, in the middle of them ends as well too there. So I know people hate, hate hearing that, but you know, this team, what did they run? 30, 35 jet sweeps or something like that last year, I think in total. And they averaged like 5.3 yards per carry. And, you know, a lot of people only remember the ones that, that, that go for nothing for the most part. So it wasn't like it was awful. You just wish, yo, know, you had better personnel at, at times to be able to, 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 to run it other than a Gunnar Olszewski or a Chase Claypool or, or, you know, that, that kind of thing. And if they, if they have a healthy Calvin Austin to be able to do it now, look here in, in the same breath. And we've said this several times, you just can't, bring Calvin Austin in a game run jet sweeps with him, you know? Sure. Uh, but I mean, if you use that early in a game and you have success with it, you can, you can, you can make a defensive coordinator uh, really, really think twice about the rest of the game plan there. 
And, and that's the point of the Canada offense. In theory, it's supposed to be, again, kind of 49ers-like, where there's a ton of constraint plays, everything looks the same, the defense defense can't tell what's run, what's play action, what's boot, what's the jet, what's the fake. I mean, they, it all looks you know so similar, and that's what a constraint play is, using one play to set up another and just, you know, same same formation, same concept, working something differently off of it. So hopefully that can be a weapon. Time will tell, but Austin certainly shows that potential. Is Hakeem Butler just an after uh, an also run right now? You know, I thought he had some decent tape on special teams going back through it last night at Gunner, but I just don't see the path there to the 53 with A, with Olszewski having a good camp, and then, of course, what Boykin can do on special teams. So I can't rule out practice squad, but nothing matches the initial excitement of him signing that, that was evident back in whenever that was, May. Um, I haven't seen enough that tells me, yeah, this guy's going to really make a hard charge for the 53. All right, let's move over to the defensive line. I want to talk about Isaiah Loudermoke. I know Mike Tomlin spoke about him after practice today. I think it's been a good camp. I think his hand use has gotten better. I think he's a more, at least, efficient pass rusher. I just think some of that lack of athleticism hurts him. There was one really good rep. He swam. I forget who it was. It might have been either Dunkel or, or Kendrick Green and O-line D-line, and he's, he was able to swim and went off the line. He tries to turn and corner and get upfield, and he loses his balance and falls. And that's kind of the essence of Isaiah Laudemoke, who might be decently technical. I think his hand use has improved, but does he have that lower body kind of flexibility to to turn the corner and be a good athlete and move in space and really you know get home as a pass rusher? I just don't know if it's quite there. But again, this this D line battle's been ongoing. There were a lot more chances for younger guys today to get reps with. Well, betting a young guy, but he was out. Hayward's out. Nogan Joby's out. So a lot of reps for Leal and Louder Milk and Adams. Fahoko getting extra time. So uh, I thought Jonathan Marshall had a good run stop in in that team period in that run period. So kind of a mixed bag today. But Louder Milk's the guy in particular. I'm really watching pretty closely. All right, let's go to uh, inside linebackers. You had a really good video go up on uh, on, on YouTube and on the site uh, concerning. I think you're getting a little bit uh, a little bit more uh, comfortable with uh, with this <laughs> line linebacker room. As you know, far more comfortable than you were even sure. after uh, this team had had had, had signed Holcomb and uh, and Landon Roberts during the offseason uh, there. So go ahead and talk about uh, uh, what you saw today and what you're feeling about the uh, inside linebacker room. Yeah, I would just say overall, my feeling is you're going to see a rotation of Holcomb and Roberts and Alexander, and you've seen some more mixing and matching, especially as, especially as Alexander gets a couple weeks in the system and a bit more comfortable, and he was getting some first-team reps, so you saw it was Holcomb and Roberts. You would see that it would be Roberts and Alexander, and I'm sure at some point probably Holcomb and Alexander in, in my notes as well. So it's kind of been a three-man rotation there from the game, just the energy, the physicality, the run defense coming downhill, filling their gap. No hesitation. You know, you, you didn't have that last year with Devin Bush. I mean, Spillane was kind of that guy, but I think you're seeing that even more from Alexander. And it was weird that Roberts only played two snaps in that in that opener. But even in those two snaps, you saw him come downhill and and, and fill his gap. And so um, Holcomb isn't quite that guy. And he, I think, was you know not particularly great in that opener. There were some missed tackles, but even just him, you know, fitting the run, you're seeing stuff you didn't really see consistently last year with this inside inside linebacker group. Yeah, and uh, Terrell Austin spoke to the media earlier in the, early in the day. Was asked about Mark Robinson, and uh, this is—I I guess this is kind of the first time we've we've really heard him asked about Mark Robinson since he made those earlier comments in the off season. There, if I'm not 
mistaken. He says uh, he showed that, you know, called him. uh, He's a rundown guy, really good. Said he showed that last year towards the end of the year, needed some work in the pass game and some different things. And so he's doing better at that. And he just continues to improve. He still makes some mistakes like most guys do, all of us do. But I think he's really dialed in into it and really working at trying to become a complete linebacker, not just a one dimensional guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not inaccurate. I mean, he's never going to be a great coverage guy. I kind of have the joke. I think there's like two good coverage linebackers in the NFL, how tough those tasks are against these wide receiver power four tight ends and these super athletic running backs. That's just, it's, it's hard to be a good coverage linebacker. I'm sure Roberts will continue to improve there, but he's always going to be the hammer. He's always going to be the the rundown. He's a Landon Roberts. I mean, he's a Landon Roberts, you know, who's, who's a little bit younger. I mean, that, that's basically his game. All right. Uh, anything else at uh, inside linebacker? Hopefully Kwiatkowski can get back. Uh, I don't know if he'll make it back by this uh, weekend or not. I'm hoping so. I've heard it's like just a couple of days for him, but we'll have to to wait and see. Tanner Muse, more snaps for him, more from Mark Robinson. Really bummed about Chappelle Russell. I thought he had a good camp. Not that he was going to push for a 53 spot with how crowded it was, but just for him to get so close to a game, get into the game, but not get a snap on, on defense, that just sucks for him. All right, outside linebacker. Uh, outside of uh, Watt and Highsmith and really Golden and Herbig at this point, uh, talk, talk about the rest of the depth chart. I wish I had more to say. I just don't have a lot of commentary on it. I guess Roche's been okay. I, I mean, I don't want to spill into Monday conversation, but Perales on tape, I think he's lost some reps today, and I don't think he was particularly, I mean, as you said, kind of showed some effort, but I don't. I didn't really see anything as a pass rusher in that game. Just he kind of felt slow. He felt mm-hmm. slower than I thought he was in that game. And he so played like then, he's thinking too, yeah. Yeah, that may be it. And then in Duke way, you know, he's had his ups and downs, but. I just don't see a lot with that group behind Herbig was kind of the story today with some of those great reps and uh, O-line, D-line and, you know, winning and failing and learning and getting better. But uh, beyond that, my notebook's kind of empty. All right. Uh, how about the cornerback position and some interesting comments about James Pierre from from Austin as well, uh, as well too. Uh, Alex, who is the fourth cornerback cor- on this team? I mean, from the outside perspective, it's probably James Pierre, but I'm kind of with Terrell Austin. My big critique of Pierre for the last couple of years has been the inconsistency, and that's what Austin basically drove at today, ups and downs. I mean, there can be some really impressive plays. Pierre had a great break on the ball on a corner route to Austin that was stoned by Trubisky and picked it off, but you've seen him struggle as well. Now, I don't know how much Austin is blaming him for the touchdown allowed in that Bucks game. I really think it was a great throw and catch from Mayfield to Palmer, but uh, you just see the the ups and downs of his game. And Austin essentially saying, is this guy ever going to be more than just special teamer, James right. Pierre? Can he be, you know, starting quarterback, rotational quarterback, James Pierre? in the skill sets there, Dave. But at this point, he's, what, a year four, year five guy? If he's still at that point of being inconsistent, it's probably always going to be who he is. And so I don't know if he's ever going to really even out his game. And we we saw what the market said about him, and they did they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't uh, restricted tender him. Uh, they took their chances that way, and and that paid off. Came back on a one year, little over a million dollar uh, contract there. So that 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 speaks you know volumes not only of what the Steelers think, thought about him during the offseason, but other teams around the NFL, uh, I I think as well too. It does sound though, if you try if you parse out Austin's words, that at at worst he would be. Uh, 
corner cornerback number five because of the special teams ability. Uh, and once again, who, you know, if you're talking about outside guys and outside guys only you, that leaves you what, uh, 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 Peterson, Levi Wallace, Joey Porter jr. And if it's not Pierre, who, 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 who would that be? I mean, there's some interesting talent. You know, Luke Barku's got a nose for the football. Marjorie Harper's been really good against the run, and he's got you know the the size and length Pittsburgh's looking for. Um, but I, I think Pierre will still make this team at the least for what he can do on special teams, and he does have that in-game experience, which can be useful if you lose a corner in-game. It's not a guy stepping into his first or very few first NFL snaps, and so it's a guy that's been in the system. You, you, I, hesitate, I hesitate to say trust, but a guy that, that you know has been in your system and can hopefully go out there and do his job on a baseline level. All right. And with Duke Dawson down, it's now, uh, you know, uh, I guess when Peterson's not in there, it's, it's Riley and Chandon Sullivan for the most part. Right. Right. And I didn't see Peterson kick inside. He did do some safety rotation work in the third down period. The, the dime packages that Pittsburgh was in, but yeah, it was Sullivan working with the ones. He had a couple good breakups in the seven shots period. Elijah Riley came in behind. I think Riley fits what Pittsburgh's looking for better, but Sullivan has done well. I don't want to be quick to to dismiss him either, and I'm not sure what the separation will be between those two guys. They are kind of different styles. Sullivan's not that physical hitter, but he's probably a better coverage guy than where Elijah Riley's at. All right, safety. Welcome back, Demonte Casey. Yeah, good to see him back. He was getting a working team. He got the first couple reps in seven shots, and I think they're still easing him back slightly. I think he took the first two reps in seven shots and then gave way to Kenny Robinson, but that's just them not trying to put too much on Casey's plate. He worked in team throughout the day. Minka Fitzpatrick had a great breakup on the first play of practice today. Um, Pickett trying to find Deontay on a slant, and Fitzpatrick came in and and batted the ball away. Uh, Beyond that, I, I think Trenton Thompson, I've talked about him some. I think he's probably a little reckless and aggressive as a as a run defender coming downhill and taking some bad angles but there's some ball skills had two breakups today one on Darnell Washington another one Anthony McFarland had that pick in the game which was a great read and break on the football to pick off I was I think Kyle Trask and so I think Thompson's a guy that has that practice squad potential uh who is the other new safety in there uh, uh Jalen Elliott yeah Elliott what what's what's a 411 on on a few practices with him uh, he can hit a little bit. He's not afraid to throw his weight around. Not a particularly big guy, not as big as Thompson, but he's aggressive. He kind of, I think, tried to gamble in the game there and gave up a, a fairly big completion his way. Not a guy that I think is going to gonna stick around. All right. Uh, anything on special teams today? No, they were working, you know, kick return, just some individual stuff. Really not a whole lot to note there. I'm sure we'll talk about special teams a bit more tomorrow. One just a general note for the DBs. Chris Wilcox actually got more reps at left cornerback today, uh, taking kind of where Joey Porter would get some of those snaps in. I don't know what that means, if I should read into that or not. Sometimes these guys are, you know, what side they play on is kind of where they come in. But Wilcox has played some safety, played some corner. It just seems really small. I don't think he's really made too much of an impact, but. Maybe the coaches like his his uh, classroom work because he's gotten some extra opportunities. They list him at six two though, don't they? Really? Is he that big? Is that, that what he his pro day? I don't know what his pro day is, but I know the Steelers list list him at six two. Really? Maybe, I mean, I might I might be wrong. I mean, he's he came in. He's they land. He's listed six oh one five, but his arms are pretty short uh, short thirty one and five eighths. I don't know. I just I don't see a particularly big guy out there whenever I look at him. Maybe that's because I look at Porter and all of them, and they just are, are, are towers. Yeah, look, 6015, according to uh, right. pro, pro Day, uh, 198 
you know, uh, his arms, what are his arms? I don't know. 31, yeah, 31 five. Five, eight. yeah. So that's, uh, that's definitely not Joey Porter length. Mm -hmm. Uh, but who, 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 who is, <laughs> uh, when it, when it comes to arms like that. Uh, okay. Uh, how about, I'll give you, I mean, you've already kind of went through seven shots a little bit. Uh, take us through real quick, the two minute, uh, uh, portion at the end there. Yeah, it's all in my notes here on Steelers Depot. It was uh, Pickett tucking and running on his first play, and then short underneath throws to Robinson, to Harris, then kind of a weird whistled dead play, we'll call it an, an, an incompletion. Then uh, Pickett found Pickens for 17 yards, and then a touchdown to Allen Robinson from about 15 yards out down that left seam, left middle, or really, again, nice diving grab by Robinson. Trubisky coming in, complete to Washington, and then a bunch of completions to Olszewski, uh, for 18, then incomplete to Olszewski, then complete to Olszewski for 10 and 15, and then finally hit Darnell Washington for about a two-yard score open over the middle. So both offenses getting it done today. All right, and you will be back out there. Let's see, the Steelers are off on Monday. You will be back out there on, on Tuesday. We will have a, a regular edition of the Terrible Podcast. Uh, Monday, we'll talk more about the game and the All-22 tapes. So that'll be a lot of fun uh, when it comes to that. I, let me tell you this. Let me personally thank you so far for the coverage that you provided so far in camp because, as usual, uh, I had a, a pretty good sense in my head of, of kind of what to expect in this first first preseason game overall. Now, obviously you go through the thing of, uh, who's on the field at one, one mm -hmm. you know, trying to trying to get your bearings of who's who's where and and who gets switched out on the series and all like that. But uh, I, I didn't find myself overly surprised at, at really a lot of things. Now, it wasn't until this morning that I was able to go back and watch look at the line rotations that they used and 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 and, and that kind of stuff. But but even that none of it was really looked uh, uh, foreign to me overall. Once again, I, I, I came out of that game thinking, man, the only thing I'm really surprised that is that Kendrick Green did, did, didn't, <laughs> didn't get any uh, didn't get any fullback snaps there. So uh, uh, you you are uh, on, on on target once again, and I certainly appreciate that. That and I know uh, I imagine a lot of our listeners appreciate it as well too. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no problem. I just want to make a, one quick note here uh, from the training camp stats. I know I normally do them on off days. I think I, I want to do some more film rooms uh, the next couple of days. So the training camp stats will be a final version after camp breaks, and so for. Friday, Saturday weekend will probably be training camp stats. So if you're looking for them, I apologize for the delay, but just from a workload standpoint, I'm just going to do just the, the last one after all of these practices wrap up later this week and have one final training camp stats recap. All right, that 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 requisition is approved. Uh, <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, slash X <clears throat> at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at terrible podcast email the show the terrible podcast at gmail.com if you like what we do and want to donate to the cause steedersdepot.com hit the donate button up right navigation bar also if you want an ad free version of the site steedersdepot.com hit the ad free button upper right navigational bar and until monday morning as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast another special edition of the terrible podcast pittsburgh steeders training camp 2023 with dave and alex